Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years, sometimes single stories, sometimes whole episodes. Keep in mind that years ago, people might have worded things differently than they would today. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that first ran in July of 2011, I remember learning that the comedians Barry Rothbart and Mike Ennis had worked as a video crew for a gay men's nudist camp, and I knew that those two had really stepped outside their comfort zone to do that, but then ended up really grateful for the whole experience, so I asked the two of them how they might feel telling that story to a gay man being myself, (laughs) and you're about to hear the result. It's a story we call The Straight Men. Hello, kids. This is Extra Risk, the show where we give you a little bit more 
of the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, a ditty by Jeff Barr up top, and this is Sean Lee behind me now. If you are new to Risk, I suggest you listen to one of our regular episodes. Don't miss out on one of those. These episodes of Extra Risk are the opportunity we take to give you something that maybe we didn't we weren't able to fit on a regular episode or it's just a little too different. Today, uh, this was a story that we originally started working on for one of the regular episodes, but it just became too colossal. Mike Ennis and Barry Rothbart Very funny comedians. I first became aware of these guys when they were in a sketch comedy group in New York called The Straight Men, which is pretty apropos for the story you're about to hear, and that's why we call it The Straight Men. Kevin, I've seen more penises than I would say most gay men. If I walk into a room of gay men, I've seen more penises than those men have seen combined. That's how many penises I've seen. And I'm straight. Uh, And the whole irony is that Barry and I had a sketch group called The Straight Men. Barry and I had a film production company together. We did all these, you know, like random projects, corporate gigs. It was like very strange things we were doing. Like we did a a workout video for a one-armed man. We got this old lady who claimed she could cure old age. Because that's what happens when you put yourself on Craigslist as like low rates for a production company. I was temping at the time, and at my job, I get an email. The email address was Nude Yorker. And they didn't give details as to what they wanted, but they said they needed a production crew for something. And they couldn't say exactly what, but wanted to know if, they, if we wanted to talk. So first of all, we thought it was like a joke. It started out, this isn't a joke. We, uh, we like your website, and we really want to have you in for a meeting. We have a, a gay nudist colony event coming up. It's, it's our 25th anniversary, and we'd like to have you film our souvenir tape. And, you know, Mike and I were not gay, but uh, how much money are you going to pay us <laughs> to do it? So we end up making a time where we can meet, and we come over, and this address was on the Upper West Side, and it was in a really nice neighborhood. We get there, and it's a really nice building, so it's clear that these people have some sort of money. The guy opens the door, and he's completely nude in his apartment, and there's three other nude men behind him. Barry wrote a really good short film, but we needed money to shoot it, and we were so broke. So, like, we're literally going to fund this film by the skin of our backs. We put a proposal together, and we put a number, a figure on it, that we figured if they say yes, then we have to do it. So we start talking about more of the details and we start talking about the, the pricing and it was a very good amount. So Mike and I were basically like, yeah, maybe we'll do this. And then they revealed us that not only are they going to be naked, but that for this entire trip, we must be naked while we shoot it also, which made it a little weird. <laughs> but then I guess in retrospect, you don't want to be three clothed people in 800 naked men, you know, you kind of don't blend in. You know, I don't mind being naked. But, like, when I agree to do something, I could usually see it in my head, and then I'm like, okay. But I didn't visualize that, because what I did visualize was our film getting made. In May, we shot the short film. We went back to our normal lives. June goes by. July goes by. And we're like, fuck. In August, we gotta go to a gay nudist colony. 
and do this thing for like eight days. I think our vision of what this would be like was crazy. Like we had this vision that it would just be like these gay guys, like with their hands out, and we we would need someone with for protection, and and it would just be like it would just be scary and frightening. So we we wanted to bring one other person to hold the camera so that we could like deal with vlogging shots and audio. So the guy that we usually work with, a few weeks in, before this event, he he completely said he's not going to do it. So we had to find someone to be our cameraman in this nude event. So we just needed someone that we could laugh with. It, we knew we were going into the shit, and we needed someone to go in with us. Uh, it, where do you go in this world if you need a camera guy that doesn't mind getting naked in front of 900 gay men? Where do you go? Craigslist. Basically, I, on the job posting, I laid it all out there. Usually, as a producer, I tend to sugarcoat the job posting. Like, it's going to be, you know, a fun film shoot. You'll get experience and you'll work with an award-winning director or some bullshit like that. This one, I could not sugarcoat it. I couldn't do it because I didn't want to waste my time. I didn't want to waste anybody else's time. It was basically like, we needed a guy that has a camera that doesn't mind getting naked for nine days in front of gay men. This is not a joke. Please reply. That was it. Like, it was it. So, like, four people responded. Barry and I are sitting in the Barnes and Nobles in Union Square to meet the only three people in the world that want to do this. The first guy we met on this interview was this scrawny little gay guy. Barry and I know each other so well, we can almost read each other's minds. We're looking at each other and we're like, fuck, this guy's gay. But I can't outwardly ask this guy if he's gay because it looks like I'm discriminating against gay people, you know? So I'm like trying to skirt around it. I'm like, so how do you feel about the event? Like, is this an event that you would normally go to? And like, he had this look in his eyes, like we were waving a cookie in front of him. And like, he got a little weird and he was talking about how he would love to go in this event. And he was like, yeah, I, I love being nude. I love being around nude people. Like this is something that I would like, I would die to do. And I like, ah, I, don't, I don't know if I want to be with this guy. And Barry was like, we almost made that guy, the happiest man in the world. And then another guy we meet in his mid to late thirties, but he was very, he was very serious and he's not laughing. And he keeps talking about his camera. And I'm like, I don't know if this guy understands. I don't give a fuck about his camera skills. I just need someone to laugh with. Later that day, the third guy shows up and he's our age. He's like our, he's like a bro, you know, he's like born and raised on the East coast. He's like kind of shabby. And he sits down <laughs> and he just like shakes his head and just starts laughing. And we're like laughing hysterical for like five minutes. And we can't even get a question out. Right away, Barry and I knew this guy is hired. We got to have this guy because you just need someone to laugh with, you know? All right. So we get our guy. We have one more meeting before we go up to the Poconos, to the camp. It was a clothing optional meeting with the board members. nervous about the sex stuff basically we didn't want to get raped you know we're outnumbered we're naked and we're outnumbered it's an instinct you know we're pretty nervous about it because they were running through the schedule with us and i hear the list of events and they were like uh best buns contest you know there's oil wrestling there's the silverado social hour silverado social hour what the fuck is the silverado social hour I could probably get raped at a Silverado social hour. 
And then there's buns casting, cock casting. That doesn't sound good. Bondage in a bag contest. That sounds terrible. The Bear Bears pool party. That's not a pool party that I want to go to. I could probably get raped at that pool party. And the most innocent one, clothes pin contest, was in hindsight the worst contest I've ever been to. Is this an agreement that I'm going to be raped? We spent all the money you gave us. We can't be like, you know what, we changed our mind. Here's all the money you gave us. That money is gone. So Randy, the guy in charge, Randy's like, if anybody touches you and you don't ask to be touched, they get kicked out immediately and they get banned from the organization immediately. And that's a big deal for these guys because they look forward to this thing, this nudist colony, and it's like the biggest thing for them, the Super Bowl of gay naked men. So I'm like, all right, that's good. And then they're like, well, there's only one rule that you guys should be abiding by. Do not go on the other side of the lake while you're up there. Because those rules that I just told you about, they don't hold any water on the other side of the lake. He's basically saying, you're going to get raped on the other side of the lake. So I was like, all right, that's very good information. I'm glad we had this meeting. So we get there. It's held at the same exact camp as MTV Films Fat Camp. As soon as MTV finishes Fat Camp, like literally the next day, there's 800 gay men in the same spot. It's hilarious. So we get there and it's like seven in the morning. Randy meets us in the parking lot and, we're, and he is stark naked. And we're like laughing hysterical. We're like three teenage kids. We're like laughing so hard. He helps us with our equipment. Like the camera bag is swaying and it's like bumping his ass. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's so early. You know, I didn't expect the camera bag to hit a bare ass yet that early. We just got here, you know. We stayed in the infirmary because it was far away from where everybody else slept. I approached this project as a professional filmmaker and the naked thing I blocked out. I was trying to find an artistic angle. I was trying to make it interesting. I was thinking about shots, events to go to. So I was trying to lose myself in the work of it. And I think I was pretty good at that, except when we got there, after all the prep work, I had to get naked. That's kind of scary. And we started laughing really hard. And Randy's looking at us and he's like, it's okay guys, it's okay, you could, you could just do it. So we're like, all right. And we're all kind of insecure guys, you know? I know Barry was chubby when he grew up. I'm kind of chubby, you know. I took my pants off and then I took my boxers off first. Because ever since I was a kid, when I would go to the pool or the beach, I always kept my shirt on. And I was always like self-conscious of my nipples and my belly. So I whipped my penis out first and then I took my shirt off. And then like, it was really weird. We just kept laughing the whole time. And then Randy, the guy in charge, just left us. He was like, these three need a moment alone. We spoke about it. We're like, this is really weird. Barry is kind of like the leader. And he's like, all right, guys, we got to focus. We have to start shooting. The, the thing was, it was weird to see this many gay men. And I mean, gay nude men. And and it was just also, it, was, it, it just blended in, too. It was it was strange how it's, it you know, you could go to a gym locker room. And it's weird because you're around clothed people and then all of a sudden you're around nude people, but it wears off after like 10 minutes because people just look like they're wearing flesh clothes. Like they don't look nude. 
we got nude and we were so giggly about it for the first maybe hour. Like we could not stop laughing because, you know, Mike and I are good friends, too. And seeing like hanging out nude was really strange to hang out nude with one of your good friends. The thing was, which was great, this guy, Ryan, that we hired was in amazing shape. Like he was in incredible shape, this guy. Like he had a six pack. So it totally distracted everyone from us. Like it was this, we were walking around with this guy who was like Mr. Universe. And, and the other thing is you could be naked, but when you're wearing camera equipment and you're naked, you feel really naked because like you have a camera, I have a hot light hanging on the camera, a battery pack around my waist and my penis is like flapping underneath the battery pack. It felt so wrong the first day. So we get to the orientation and it's like a big introduction. It's like seven, eight o'clock at night. We've been shooting all day. We're kind of tired. We're a little detached still. And Randy gets up and he makes a speech. And he's like, welcome everybody to the 25th anniversary. Everybody's cheering. And uh, you know, he's like, I want to thank so-and-so for putting this together. I want to thank the DJ for being here. Everyone's like, yay, you know. It was a big production. And then he's like, and now I want to make an announcement. We have a camera crew here this year that's going to film the whole thing. And they're like, if anybody doesn't want to be on camera, we're handing out green stickers so you can put it on your pa They wore passes around their neck. We're handing out green stickers so you can put it on your pass, whatever. And I also want to let you know that the three cameramen are straight. And everyone was like, yeah, everyone started cheering. And it immediately put a bullseye on the three of us. I'm sitting there and I'm naked. I'm holding a camera and there's like 900 starving gay men staring at me and cheering. I'm like, this is a nightmare. It was very surreal. And then Randy was even laughing. Like no one was on our side. Everyone's cheering because we're straight men and we're naked. And he's like, all right, guys, settle down. There's enough for that later. But I told our boys that if anybody touches anybody inappropriately, you get kicked out immediately. And everyone's like, boo. And I'm like, fuck. So we were kind of like, we were kind of like the joke throughout the whole thing. I mean, we had a few weird situations that happened. Like one I remember was, um, this guy was really into Ryan, our cameraman, and he one time he was shooting and the guy ran up and just squeezed his butt cheeks. <laughs> he ran up to Ryan and just squeezed his butt cheeks and, and Ryan flipped out and we had to get this guy reprimanded and, and they were like, we're going to throw you out. And then he kept hitting on him and I think they actually threw this guy out of the camp for, for hitting on our cameraman. Um, the other thing was I, I, at some point it rained while we were doing this, which is weird because in the rain, you're you're encouraged to put a shirt on, but you don't have to put pants on. So once you see people and you're used to them naked, it's so much weirder to see people with shirts and no bottoms, which made it weird all over again. It's strange because it's it's like you should be clothed, but then all of a sudden your dick is hanging out. Well, hello. What can I do for you? I think it, what, what was really interesting was it, it really tested, you know, not that I wasn't sure about my sexuality beforehand, but just just being around this really tested the fact that, that I'm definitely not gay because 
I was getting offered like they just very casual offers of just like, hey, you know, no one will be around. Like we could just hook up. Are you into this at all? And and I was like, no, no, this is really weird. But it was it was really strange because I, one time I actually walked in on two guys blowing each other, and they were it was like in a forest, and I walked in and it was strange because. I had never seen that in person. Like I've never seen two men doing that in person. And for a second, like you're so trained from years of porno that I've watched to be like, oh, blowjob, yeah. <laughs> but then you see it's not the one that you've you've seen, and it's it's a weird juxtaposition. So for a second, I was like, whoa. And then I was like, no, I'm not into this at all. But other than that, there was every every sexual act was quarantined to like this area that they had that was separated by a river. So if you go to the other side of the river, who knows what was going on there? Like they would warn us; they'd be like, "Never go to the other side of the river. You will never be able to unsee some of the things you'll see on the other side of the river." So by like the second day, we're we're still jokey, but we're okay with it. But I think on the third day, we see an ambulance come in to the compound, goes over the bridge, goes on the other side of the lake, and it was very alarming. And like later on that day. Uh, I go up to someone that I kind of was buddies with, and Barry was with me, and I'm like, I'm like, so、uh, what happened? Why was there an ambulance on the other side of the lake? And he goes, Oh, someone broke their dick during a circle jerk. Apparently, you could break your dick, Kevin. Be careful. Like, I didn't know that. Your dick can break, and it's a very serious thing. We live in a world where dicks can break. I didn't know that. You get desensitized. At some point, like the first day and the second day was shocking. You know when you shake a hand, like they wouldn't shake hands. Sometimes they would like pull each other's penises or like like touch each other's balls and everything. That's like how these guys said hello to each other. It's it's kind of scary because you think like, am I all of a sudden gonna be? <laughs> I don't know. What am I gonna turn into? Like, what's gonna? What are the side effects of being nude and around nude people for this long? You don't know, so you're nervous. But I remember the the peak of our fears. I remember was the steamy disco review in the nightclub. They had this small tent that they set up to look like a club. It was going to be like 400 gay dudes and naked guys dancing around inside there, and we were supposed to go film it. So I think our visions of it was just butt cheeks, just. Slapping against each other, just sweaty, naked dudes everywhere, dancing in a dark room, you know, where anything goes. And we weren't too far off. I mean, that's kind of what it was like. We mapped out a,、uh, a whole game plan. Like we said, we were going to go in there. I was going to lead. The cameraman was going to be between us. We were going to protect each other's butts. We were going to make sure that everyone was safe. We were going to run in, get some shots, run out, take a breather, run in again, maybe get a few more shots. I don't think I don't know why we were really scared, but we were really scared of it. I mean, it wasn't so bad. We actually ended up staying for a drink, and and I think maybe I danced a little. I don't think they wanted to, but <laughs> I think I danced on my own a little in a corner. I was like, this isn't so bad. And then we ended up、uh, hanging out and getting kind of drunk and and having fun with these guys, and I and it never crossed the line really. You know, I think you start to realize that it'll be okay. That you're not going to get. Gang raped. That you're not gonna like these people are really nice, and and you start to settle in. And then I think there was a point actually where we started drinking with these people. I don't know if you know this. There's different categories of gay men that they put you into. Barry's a bear, a B E A R, a bear. He's kind of big, 
he's hairy, he's warm, he's a good hugger. So he attracted a lot of guys that had like bear fetishes because he was like a bear, you know? Ryan was in really good shape. So everybody wanted Ryan. Me, I have like a gangly, chubby body. I attracted the old lonely men. It was a little touch of reality for me. You know, like Barry's getting hit on all the time. Ryan's getting hit on. And I had like this lonely, curly, naked old guy that would follow me around the whole time. He was like my little pet. It was so sad. Like, I almost wanted to just like, just sleep with him because he was so kind, you know? And it wasn't sexual. Like these people, this wasn't about sexuality, really. This was just more about um, insecurities and people wanting to to feel comfortable with being nude and, and being around each other. And they loved it. They loved being nude. Like a lot of these people go to nudist colonies all year round. And it was just, it's just something that, that they really enjoy, you know, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't about sex for a lot of the people there. There was points where I was definitely grossed out and I didn't want to see it anymore. And I think maybe I don't remember those times as clearly because there definitely were times where it hit me and I was like, I need a breather. Like I need to, to go, go somewhere and see some clothed people. And then I, I remember there's also something called uh, uh, dick casting or penis casting, where they make a mold of your penis and balls. And uh, what they didn't say in the brochure we had of all the activities was you have to be hard to do this. You can't be soft. So there's a fluffer who's there before you get into these molds. It was uh, it was very weird. Yeah, that was weird. And I'll never forget the sound of of a penis coming out of the mold. It was, it was like this popping sound that was just reverberated throughout the years since in my life. That sound and the sound of a cock ring hitting the floor, I'll never forget. The loudest sound in the world is a cock ring hitting the floor. That's a sound I never want to hear. There was this one older guy, he was in his mid-60s. He had like a sex shop there and he owns like sex paraphernalia geared for gay men. And he was selling cock rings. And apparently when you buy a cock ring, you can't just go and try on a cock ring because it, it could do like permanent damage. Most men that have cock rings, they wear them a lot, like for everyday use. So you need to be fitted for one. So this guy, his nickname is Bear Man and he loved Barry. And every time we'd walk by his little tent, which was near our infirmary where we were staying, he'd be like, hey boys, when are you, when are you gonna come in? I'll fit you for a cock ring. Every day we're like, ah, you're funny, Bear Man. Hell no. And we started to get so comfortable that at some point, you know, they found out that I was a stand-up comic and they actually asked me if I wanted to perform stand-up comedy nude in the final um, talent show. Like they had a talent show every night and then there was this final big one on the last night of the camp. It was going to be just like the best of the best, but they asked me if I wanted to do five minutes of stand-up in front of 800 naked guys and I would be naked. And at first I was like, I don't know, you know. And then I thought, I was like, I'll never have this experience again. I'll never be able to say that I performed, hopefully in front of 800 people, let alone 800 naked guys. So I, I was like, I might as well try this out. So I ended up agreeing to do stand-up comedy and it was amazing. Like, I, I had an amazing set. I told all these nude jokes that I made up. And there was this guy, his name was actually Bear Man, and he sold cock rings to everybody. He was absurd looking. He was maybe like 350 pounds. He had hair all over him. He had this, this long Rip Van Winkle beard. 
And uh, I just kind of roasted him for like three of my five minutes. <laughs> and it killed. People loved talking about Bear Man. And then, yeah, I remember getting off stage and being like, I could do this every year. Like, I could come back here and just kind of <laughs> do stand-up and hang out with these people. The night before the last day there, we decided we needed to get out of the nudist colony and we needed to go to a strip club to see naked women. We were dying. We needed flesh. We needed to see something. We left the uh, campgrounds. We went to a bar and it was weird. Like, I think this was after five days of being around these, these people and not seeing anyone but these nude guys. Just seeing people clothed in a strange place, we felt so out of it. It's so weird. You know, like, it, it's almost like you're in prison and you come out and you can't function outside of prison. You know, like in Shawshank Redemption when he was like, how do I talk to people? How do I... That's how we were, what we were like that night. And uh, we actually got into a really bad car accident on the way back from this bar. A drunk driver hit us head on, and we were on the way back from this thing, and um, we we were okay. Like we had some gashes on our neck, and we were I, I, we were a little sore, but you know n- none of us had insurance, so we weren't going to go to the hospital. <laughs> this girl hit us. She was stoned and drunk. She was 19 years old and totally wrecked our car. And I remember the first thing I thought of was like, we got to get back tomorrow to film nude breakfast. <laughs> so yeah, it was weird. It was yeah, you started to develop a very weird mentality. The last day when everyone put their clothes on and we had just all been nude for eight straight days and no one has had clothes on except a shirt when it rained. And everyone put their clothes on and there was this strange sense that we were like going home. Like we, we had this separation again because we all had our own styles, we all had our own clothes. And it got really weird for like the last few hours when we finally had clothes on. And this one um, great guy, he apparently was, was talented at manscaping. And the entire time we were there, he was like, let me, let me manscape you, or you have to manscape, or you got to do something. You have this giant bush. Because I didn't want to shave when I went up there. You know, I'd rather have a giant bush. But then on the last day, I finally took his advice, and I, and I trimmed. And I remember we're all clothed, and it's the last day, and we're getting on the bus. And this guy who was the manscaper comes up to me and in front of everyone on the bus he goes he goes did you do it did you trim and i go yeah and i pull my pants down and show everyone <laughs> and i was just thinking how far i'd come you know like i could just pull my pants down and show everyone my junk in front of a bus full of people that are clothed and i was like if the barry 8 days ago cut to the barry of that moment i'd be like wow i'm exposing myself in front of a bus full of people but it seemed so natural, and it was it was like what we had in common was nudity. It was over like 16 hours of footage. It was absurd. During social hour every day, they would set up a buffet of food, and I was capturing B-roll of some of the food, and there's one shot of the tip of a penis right in a frame, and then in the foreground, there's like a bowl of fruit, and it was like a beautiful composed shot. Like this is, these are shots I'm thinking of there. I'm like, oh good. I'm like, all right, hold it. We got the tip of the piece on the left and the apple on the right. This is a beautiful composed shot. I got the balance of the balls and the pear and the grapes and everything. I didn't realize this when I was shooting it, but later in the editing room, the tip of the penis dripped a little bit and I have it in like full screen view. I have like a full shot of it and it dripped right next to the fruit ball. I'm still not out of the woods yet because I'm editing the footage. I'm like knee deep in cock while everybody else is having fun. 
So I'm looking at this penis shot. I think it's hilarious. I'm like, oh man, look at this drippy dick, you know? So I send like a, a, I send it to Barry. I send like a small shot of it to Barry. I send a shot of it to Ryan. And they're like, dude, why are you sending us footage of a penis dripping? You know, this isn't right. This was like three or four months ago. Why are you still sending us footage of penises? Like, you should be over this. I have a lot of video of penises, man. I definitely got the experience of what it's like to see 900 naked men and their penises and their assholes. Looking back, it was a great experience, and I don't regret it. I think it's um, it's the weird things in life that make life interesting, right? You know, you got to jump in head first sometimes. You know, you don't want to jump into danger, you know, that's clear danger. But, you know, if it's something that tests your comfort levels, then you should jump in. You know, you, you should always be uh, a little uncomfortable. You, you don't want to be too complacent in life. The only thing I regret is is maybe <laughs> that I, I was so weird about it. I think it actually made me a lot more open about being naked, believe it or not. It made me realize that it's fine, and I wonder what it's like to go to a straight nudist colony, you know, with men and women. Um, and I was like, maybe I should try it one day. Maybe, maybe it would be fun. And then I just totally forgot about it. But I, I was always thinking what that would be like if that's something I'm into. Not in a sexual way, just in like maybe I'm a nudist. That's all for this episode, folks. This is Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah! Behind me now. Thanks so much to them for sending us their music. They have a new album coming out in September called Hysterical. First single is called Same Mistake, and you can find it at clapyourhandssayyeah.com. If you're a student at a college within a few hours of New York, write to us at touratristeshow.com. We want to come see you. Today's the day, folks. Take a risk. Not everybody's here. Face hang your attention. There is nothing left to fear. Now that big fight is captured. And I'll let you do really light.
And the last thing Barry and I wanted to do was see the clothespin contest. Picture like tens of thousands of clothespins all over a naked person. Clothespins on their eyelids, on the tip of their penis, on the taint, on the balls, everywhere. 